The 2-2 pitch. There's a drive deep right. Cubs win! Cubs win! On a grand slam by Hayward! And this ball drill. Deep left field. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! TGIF, and welcome to Fanatics Friday on the Mistaken Identity Podcast. Brought to you by... Fanatics, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Head on over to the show notes to gain access to the worldwide leader in licensed sports merchandise from all of your favorite teams, and be on the lookout for your chance to win some free items. Now, here are your hosts, Frank and David. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Mistaken Identity Podcast with David and Frank. I have my special guest, Amy. How you doing today, Amy? I'm doing good. It's always good to be with you. So I know that you don't follow baseball, but I just got to bring up the home run contest for just a second. Absolutely. I want to hear about this. So the other day, Otani... I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the Japanese baseball player, Shohei Otani. Yes. This guy, he's like awesome. So I thought that he was actually going to win the home run contest, but it actually ended up being, oh, wait, I'm going to, don't, don't quote me on this. <laughs> no, I got to quote you on this. You're supposed to know these things. I know, right? Because I, I, I was watching it the other day and it was awesome too, because it was, wait, it was a guy from Texas and then... Oh my goodness! Why am I drawing a blank? Oh my goodness! Because you're <laughs> recording right now, and that's when you draw blanks. Exactly. <laughs> so I gotta do. Gotta, gotta do, do a, a Google quick, search. Yeah, I gotta do. A, gotta do a quick one. But it was it was it was great. Like the the first thing that I saw was the one guy that came in because I I was looking for Vlad Junior to be in it, but he wasn't in it because he he participated I think last year. And he, that guy, he's, 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 he's a beast. Yeah. And the other guy was Joey Gallo. I think he was the runner up. And then let me put put up my stats so I can be accurate. Pete Alonzo. Oh man. He just, he just made it look so easy. Are you familiar with Pete Alonzo? Uh I've heard that name before. He is, he, he plays for the Mets and he's like, he's, this dude just like, I mean, if you go back to the video and like Google search, like, like the highlights and stuff like that. And YouTube, this dude was just like, literally like just making like a, he was dancing, having a great time, having fun. And <laughs> I mean, this dude, he just made it look super easy. I love that. And so like, Otani was the guy I thought was going to win it. But then once he came in, he lost in the first rounds first yeah, I think he lost. I think he lost his first round because what they do is like they pair you up with it's like eight guys in the home run contest, and then you know it's like uh, four different you know people that go against each other. So I think I, th- I thought actually he was going to win it, but you know, hey, it is what it is. So Pete Alonso won it. Yeah, he won it because he was he was down. I think the guy's name, I think his name was Joey Gallo. I want to say it was Joey Gallo. It was, they were down, he was down like 21 home runs or something like that. And, and Pete Lonzo just crushed it out of the building. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. But the All-Star game was cool. I watched a little bit of the All-Star game and, and you know, we saw Chris Bryant out there and oh, who was, oh, oh, you know what? I think the guy from the, the White Sox actually got the save. I want to say Hendricks. Okay. I think he did. Yeah, that was representing Chicago. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely. So it was like, man, we just had to like, you know, represent for Chicago and have a good time. But, you know, we're going to segue over into, oh my, I can't believe we're getting ready to do this, but <sighs> you like. <laughs> Take a um, deep breath. Tom Brady. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, only people that don't like him are people that are just haters i tell you that you I, cannot uh, deny the man's talent he's, he's talented for sure and then you know the, the story just came out that he was he was playing on a, a partially torn mcl i know isn't that incredible that just makes him even more amazing oh my goodness <laughs> i can't i can't do this with you right now <laughs> So maybe maybe actually how many how many years and, and be honest don't don't just because I know it's your favorite player how many years you think he got left? You know I'm gonna be honest. I really thought this was gonna be his last year. Um, I remember him saying something like he was gonna play until he was 45, but mm-hmm. I think maybe I don't know every year I think it's gonna be his last year, and then he just surprises us, and I just. Do not know what is in that man that just keeps him going like that. And yeah, you know what's funny is like if if, if anybody got a shot to play today, fifty, I think it's it, Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady for sure. He's ripped. He's in great shape. And it's like man, he just keep pushing and and he's a very uh, disciplined player. Um, he has his yeah. routines. You know, I follow him on Instagram and watch his workout videos and just the discipline that he has. Um, and his love for the sport. I mean, I just, I think he'll keep playing until he has a heart attack on the field, honestly. I know, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, they just, uh, they just, they took, they eliminated one of the preseason games. And now it's like 17 games a season. So you got to give me a prediction on their record. Out of 17 games, how many, how many does Tampa Bay win? Oh, oh, man. I would say 14 or 15. Well, you, you know, you they play right the now? Patriots. They play the Patriots, you know, and we're just going to have to crush them. When do, oh my goodness, when do they play the Patriots? Uh, in September, the date, I think it's September 26th or 27th. Really? Sunday, Sunday the 26th, they play the Patriots in New England. Oh, wow. That's, so this, oh, there's going to be a lot of hype about that. That's going to be a great game. Ah, I man, that. I cannot wait. I was Patriots going to crush them. <laughs> we, I was planning my vacation to Puerto Rico around my birthday. My birthday's on the 28th. And I saw that this game was coming out on the 26th. So I was like, man, I can't go to Puerto Rico until after the game. So I'm, I'm putting off my vacation until after that game. Exactly. So uh, we got, you know, we got a new quarterback here in Chicago. You already know. Right. About that. I'm very excited about that. I think he's going to do well, but I always had this back and forth with everybody. I say, me personally, I don't think he should start right away. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I think Chicago is desperate enough that they, they need to put him in right away. <laughs> we have nothing yeah, to lose. Everybody keeps saying that. Everybody keeps saying that. <laughs> we have nothing to lose. We could really be surprised at what happens. I don't, I'm, I'm so on the fence. I just, I just, cause like the first thing that happened with Mitch is when he came in, he did well, but everybody figured him out year two. So it was like, okay, now that's shut down. So it was like year three and four, he was just, he was awful. Like ain't no excuse for it. He just, he was just terrible. But I think, man, I'm, I'm on the fence. I just think, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hurt that we lost Kyle Fuller. That was, that's a yeah. big loss. Yeah. That's yeah. a big loss. And, and I think that guy, he on defense, it, man, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> are you torn? You sound torn. I'm super torn, but I think, you know what? I think the Bears are going to be, wow, I'm going to say, everybody going to yell at me for this. I think I'm, I'm going to say 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Yeah. 12 and 5. They're going to make the playoffs and then. You know who I'm kind of excited about? I want to see, because everybody's been talking about Kyler Murray from Arizona. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does, because I think a lot of people, like, they're giving up already. It's like, it's only his third year. Like, I mean, are you serious right now? Like, mm. this guy, he's, he's super talented. He's got a good team around him. 
He's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Larry Fitzgerald. He should be on his way out pretty soon. But he's he's just like Tom Brady to me. He's he's in great shape. What? Hey, wait, hold up, hold, slow down, slow down. You're getting uh-oh. a little, you're getting a little too excited. Uh oh. What? How, how's he do? like? How's he like Tom Brady? Ain't nobody like Tom Brady. Because I, I say that because of his work ethic, the things that he brings to the table, as far as like you know, he he stays in shape. He's disciplined, and you know. He don't have the six championships, obviously, the six titles. We already know that. The six Super Bowl rings, that we <laughs> call it. We already know that. But what I mean, as far as, you know, that guy, he goes out there and he does his job. He works hard. And, you know, actually, he actually might get one with – because he's um, – I know you don't follow basketball too much, but, he, the, you know, the Suns are in the finals right now. Right, exactly. Are you pulling for the Suns or Milwaukee? <sighs> You got to pull for the Midwest now. Yes, I got it. Yeah, Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's tomorrow. Actually, it's a game tomorrow. So if they can pull out that game tomorrow, they, they'll they win it in six or seven games. But, I mean, it's it's best of three now. So either way, it's like the first four games are, you know, that, that's even. They're good to go. You know, they, they caught up with them. And – I think that once Giannis got if he if he if he stays on the court, they'll be fine. Yeah. If, if, if he it's, don't, if it's he, an interesting series to say the least. It's very, and then I think that Chris Paul hurt too. I I I don't think that he's like 100. percent I mean, nobody's 100 percent at this point, but uh, I think he's, he's a little. Something's gonna come out at the end, and that's the same thing they tried to say about Kawhi. And I was like, well, this guy, if he's not playing with a knee injury, he something's wrong. And, and they revealed that he had like a, a partially torn ACL. So he Ooh. just had surgery. Yeah. Sports you know, is so, so dangerous. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, man, they didn't want to like, they didn't want to bring it up because they didn't want people like to like, you know, really talk about it and things of that nature. Of course, right. LA news gets out, but you know, that was one of the things that like. I knew something was wrong because he didn't play at all in the last series. He didn't play any of those games. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, but anyway, you know, going back to my football thing, I, I say – And I, 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 I misspoke. The game with Tampa Bay and the Patriots is October 3rd. It's not in September. It's October 3rd. Ooh, and they playing in New England? They're playing in New England, and it's a night game. Oh, that's gonna be a good one. That is, it's gonna be a very good one. It says it's gonna be on NBC, so we'll see. I was just, I, yeah, I was just about to say, I said it's got to be an NBC game. This is my game. Yep. <laughs> so I want to correct that before everybody starts planning their party on the on September twenty sixth. I know, right? <laughs> yep. And now I, I can I, plan my, my vacation to Puerto Rico a little earlier. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> So I think I say I say the Bears are gonna go. I say twelve and five, and then they're gonna be out. Oh, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm definitely gonna be keeping my eye on them and seeing seeing what happens with them. I'm I'm really hoping for the best. I mean, though I'm not a huge other sports fan. You know, football is my is my yeah. thing. Anybody Chicago, I'm for, you know, so um, anything that represents Chicago that's out there. So I'm really, really hoping for the best for the Bears this this football season. Yeah, I think Justin Fields, I think he's going to be nice. And like I said, again, I think the defense, like we're going to be we're going to be solid on defense. But I really miss Kyle Fuller already. Yeah, he ain't played one game in Denver yet, but. I just, I really, I, that's that's gonna be a huge loss. And but we got we got a couple guys that's like, you know, we 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 gonna be we gonna be solid. I think that we either gonna win one playoff game or we gonna win none. Really? You really think the yep. first the first year? Yep. With Joe, okay. I say I, I, I say I say twelve and five, but I think it depends on if Justin Fields. I see. I don't want personally. I don't want him to play. Okay, you want to wait? You know, like it, it, I, I mean, sit them because everybody's like kind of kicking Andy Dalton already. I'm like, dude, they just pay him ten million dollars. He got to do something, right? 
no warming the bench on that one. Exactly. So he go. He gonna start off. He gonna. He gonna. You know, lead the troops, and unless he gets hurt, and then I think we still got. I, I want to say we still got Nate Foles too. I think. Okay. I think we do. And you know, so. he getting he getting twenty million. I think. I am in the wrong business. Exactly. I'm like, nah. I was like, so we got two <laughs> quarterbacks. Like, yeah. And then they signed Justin Fields. They get because you know, like when they start off with the rookie contract, you know, they sign like three or four year deals or whatever. Right. So he's getting like about 20 million, maybe something like that. But these other guys that's been in the game, they getting way more than he is. And it's yeah. like Andy Dalton. We brought him here one year, $10 million. You gotta, you gotta produce, you gotta perform. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I say 12 and five and I think maybe either we win a playoff game or we don't win a playoff game. (laughs) One or the other. All right. I'm going to re I'm going to remember this at the end of the season. I'm coming back knocking on your door with your recommendation. it, 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 it all depends on if Aaron Rodgers is playing in Green Bay because, you know, that's that's a couple games we can kind of pencil in if he ain't there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a bad boy, man. I tell you what. Yes, he is. He, he's he's he wants out of Green Bay, though. That Yep. Yep. That's true. So we don't know. Like if, if the reports are true, I don't know if he's going to be there. But if he's there. Uh, has them, them tough games there, so he always <laughs> he, he always us in Chicago. He, it's he always just, a tough game. It's always a tough game, and it, it always will be. I I come from ACC territory, and those Duke Chapel Hill games. It doesn't matter who's on the team; it's always a good game. People always step up. The energy is different. It's just it's always that way with Green Bay and the Bears as well. You know, so. I'm kind of like, it doesn't matter who's playing. There's always going to be energy behind that game. Absolutely. Please, please don't tell me you're a Duke fan. I cannot. Oh, I am absolutely not a Duke fan. Absolutely not. (laughs) I did my undergrad at Chapel Hill, Tar Heel, born and bred. Oh, that's, that's, see, that's why I love, I can't, I love Mike, Mike K, Coach K, but. Yeah, Coach K is good people. He's real good people. He's good people, but I can't stand Duke. But nah, <laughs> nah, I'm not a Dukie. We call us them Dukies. I'm not a Dukie. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a Tar Heel all the way. Yeah, so who's your favorite outside of, we already know the obvious, Michael Jordan. Who's, who's your favorite Tar Heel? Oh, man. Um, there's so so many to choose from. Um, can, I, can I tell you mine real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Mine is Vince Carter. Okay. Okay. Now look, this, now look, this is this is the thing. So you got you got you got to pull this up. So I, one of my friends, he actually had this recorded. I think it was against Duke too. I want to say. Okay. So he had a play where he threw it off the backboard. No, somebody no somebody threw it off the off the backboard to him, and and he missed the dunk, but it was. I'm, you got you got to look at that. That play was just insane. Yeah, you're gonna have to uh, send me the link or attach the link to this podcast so everybody can see it. I will. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send it to you because it was like and and but the thing was like Vince Carter like and oh you know who else I, I like Kenny Smith too. Kenny Smith was solid. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's had a very long career. He's doing really, still doing really well today uh, with his you know the the uh, po- uh, broadcasting. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's he's the well, I guess you said it right. I guess he's what co-host or right, right with his yes, yeah, yeah. He's doing he's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I can't say who's my favorite because I went there. I know a lot of the guys, and if I say this person was my favorite, and then this person hears, then I'm gonna get some, you know some flack from that one. So I'm just going to keep it quiet, but my favorite coach <laughs> is Dean Smith. Uh, I will say that much. <laughs> oh, sure, I was there sure. with the Dean Smith era. You know, there's no one like him. For sure. So let me ask you this. Who, okay. So if you got, I mean, obviously, you know, that's, that's your school. Obviously, you know, that's respect. That's love. But who is, well, not who, what is your favorite moment at North? What's your, your favorite sports moment from UNC? 
Oh, man. Man, I mean, when I was there, we won a championship. So that's absolutely the, my favorite moment was the party after we won the championship. (laughs) (laughs) We went on Franklin Street. We went on Franklin Street, shut that bad boy down. There were bonfires everywhere. Everybody wearing Carolina blue, screaming, the chants, the cheers, the... The whole nights, all the ACC tournaments that we won. Uh, I mean, so wait, you yeah. were, were you there, you were there when Michael Jordan won the? Cha- oh, you talking about? I, I am not that old. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm, 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 but I'm Michael was around a lot. He was around a lot, but I didn't go to school with Jordan. I was there in the era of J.R. Reed and. Um, oh wow! Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, George Lynch. And Vince Carter was like the year after I graduated. So I was there around that time. So you were there when, no, Doherty was gone too, because Doherty was with Jordan. Yep, yep. yep. But they always hung out, you know, so we always saw him on campus all the time. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So the the championship and then is there another moment that sticks out like as far as sports to you in North Carolina? Uh, no, not, not really. I mean, just every game that I went to was an experience and probably the best experience was going to a Duke Carolina game at Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, the energy, it was hot, uh, the crowd, the screaming, the yelling, that's, that's when, um, the crowd could do things that they can no longer do anymore. Like, uh-huh. um, you know, throw shoes out on there or if a guy was doing something like cheating, you know, people would throw out different, uh, you know, things on the field on, I mean, on the, on the court. Uh-huh. Um, so that was probably one of the, it was very hard to get tickets to, to a Duke Carolina game at Duke. Um, but that's probably, and I don't even remember if we won or not. I think we won. Um, I'm probably just saying that I can't even remember. It's so long ago, <laughs> but sports, <laughs> sports at Carolina was, was great. Both basketball, football was good. We had a good football team while I was there. Um, yeah. Sports was really great. Very important and, part of, of life in North Carolina. And, and, the, and that, that one thing is like, you guys, you guys broke my heart. Cause you know, we lost in the championship to you guys. Which one? Uh, no, there, there were so many that we've won. I can't keep track of them all. Which one was this one? Illinois. <laughs> Illinois lost to North Carolina. And ugh. when was that? That was, oh my goodness. Tw- 20. That was 20. after me. If, it, if you just say 20, that was after me. I graduated in 94. I want to I say it was 2006. 2006. I think because I know Darren Williams was with the team with Illinois. You guys had uh, uh, Sean May at that time. Okay. Okay. And Sean May was he was just he was he was he put it he put it on us. I'm trying to Google it now and see what I can come up with, but it's not pulling up. Yeah, that's like one of those things. I think I think that was one of our our moments. That's like. North Carolina beat us. I'm like, oh, geez. I said, we, we, we. I was like, oh. horrible, horrible. Oh, man. I love my school. And we got the little one in here. He's He wants to sit with me. Aw. Say hi. 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 Hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> what a cutie. So our sports segment is a wrap, guys. And obviously, you know, we're going to follow the Cubs. I think the Cubs are winning. That's what I saw. The last I saw. I want to to make sure because I think the last score was. Hold on. We'll check it real quick. Yeah, 2-1, top of seven. All right. Let's go, Cubs. I turned that around. We just lost. We lost Jock Peterson. I'm so mad about that. But. It's a business, you know. Yeah, obviously. exactly. And I think we're going to lose a few more players. So I, I just think that it's going to be a, a rough go. But, you know, we lost like that's what we do in Chicago, right? We, yeah, lose, we've been we, we, we lose some and we we keep pressing forward, keep celebrating the beauty of our city. 
Exactly. So yeah, it's like I think uh well Frank will love the White Sox. I think he they know well. So he'll <laughs> he'll be happy this year with Tim Anderson and those guys over there. So they have uh, a game on tonight too. I, I think th- did they win? Let's see. I'm looking it up. Uh well, it looks like it was seven one and the Sox did not win. Oh, they, they played the Astros and the Astros got seven. Yeah, but I, I can't I can't say the word I want to say, but <laughs> cheers. But anyway, oh. we ain't gonna go there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we 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 gonna we gonna we gonna bounce back. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough process right now. But you know, like you said, we Chicago. We gonna we gonna we gonna figure it out. You know what That's I mean? That's right. That's right. Hello again, friends. Joe Flaherty here. Welcome back to Headlines and Hot Takes. Brought to you by Lids.com. Well, as my old friend Charles Dickens would say, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Little did he know he was also describing the fate of Jake Arrieta in a Cubs uniform. The former Cy Young Award winner and co-ace of a World Series winning rotation has been placed on unconditional release waivers following a, let's say, non-competitive outing against the Milwaukee Brewers on Wednesday. Jake's struggles this season have been astounding since late April, to the point where his services don't even fit on a rebuilding club like the Cubs, and I don't think anyone was expecting Arietta to regain his peak form at age 35 on a one-year contract, but I doubt, I seriously doubt, anyone in the front office was predicting an unplayable level of performance when they decided to reunite with one of the most beloved Cubs in recent memory. Lest we forget, Arietta completely reinvented himself after being all but given up on in the Baltimore Orioles system and reached a peak level that very, very few human beings have ever touched or will touch. Between his otherworldly second half of 2015 and the beginning of 2016, Arietta posted a 1.21 ERA over 35 starts, going 27-3 in that span while only allowing five home runs. And oh, by the way, he threw not one but two no-hitters in that stretch and allowed less than three hits. 10 separate times. Now, I have no issue with saying that version of Arietta was the single most dominant pitcher I've ever personally laid eyes on to the point where you legitimately felt like you were on no-no watch every five days. But in true Dickensian fashion, Jake's worst of times belong in their own very separate record book. His 6.88 ERA this season was the highest by a Cubs pitcher worth over 80 innings pitched since 2000. And that wasn't exactly the best brand of baseball the Cubs have put forward recently. He allowed more than six earned runs four separate times and routinely failed to pitch out of the third inning. And during the 11-game losing streak that effectively sealed the fate of this team's former core of players, Arietta had two starts where he allowed more runs than recorded outs en route to two of the more lopsided losses in recent memory. In all likelihood, Arietta will end up hitting free agency and they'll have to wait and see if a team will bring him on for the stretch run. And while the reunion tour idea was cute at the onset of the season, it's abundantly clear that the real 49 had left the building years ago. I can't say there's a ton of more inspiring Cubs news to serve as a counterbalance right now. They've just wrapped up their first winless homestand of seven games or longer in franchise history, which is a long history. And for the most part, the effort just doesn't seem to be there. With the record largely irrelevant at this point, it has been nice to see Rafael Ortega and Patrick Wisdom continue their bids to stick on the team in some form or fashion going forward. And now with Arietta gone, some younger arms will have a chance to show their stuff in the rotation as the season winds down. But that's about as good of a silver lining that's available right now for the Northsiders, especially in the wake of that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And that's as much as I'll say about the series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, the White Sox are in heaven, or Iowa, or heaven and Iowa, but then in the movie, heaven was Iowa, so, uh, well, at any rate, they built it, so the White Sox and Yankees came, and we all benefited from what transpired at the inaugural Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, and Sebi Zavala all sent balls into the cornfield to build an early lead for the Sox. And then Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton returned the favor late in the game to take a 1-1 lead in the ninth inning off of Liam Hendricks, of all people. But then Frank's favorite, that's right, Tim Anderson, he stole the show once again. And just like the clip in our Fanatics Friday intro, he had all the fun he wanted to on his walk-off two-run homer to secure the 9-8 victory amongst the corn. Among the Yankees unavailable for the game, Aroldis Chapman was on that list, and you can't help but wonder if that at-bat ends a little differently with Chapman pitching to Anderson instead of Zach Britton. But man, even as a casual bystander to this game, it was an absolute treat to watch from start to finish. The Yankees will have to take a cue from the movie and ease the pain as they look to regroup after this one. 
They've had a season's worth of heartbreaking losses already, and this one has to rank right up there. David Ross might have let it slip that the Cubs may be involved in next year's Field of Dreams game, but whether the Cubs go the distance next year or not, the league really hit the nail on the head with this whole idea. If you haven't seen the movie Field of Dreams, hit pause on this podcast right now and go watch and circle back. I promise we'll still be here in two hours. Even if you haven't seen the movie heading into the game, the presentation, the player intros out of the cornfield, the aesthetics, the throwback jerseys, the entire stadium layout, everything was just a sight to behold. And I don't say this often or at all really, but well done MLB. So from the cornfield to the hardwood now, remember that tampering that I joked about last week? Yeah, well, the Bulls front office might not be laughing quite as hard at that notion. The commissioner's office of the NBA will be investigating both the Lonzo Ball to the Bulls and Kyle Lowry to the Heat sign-and-trade deals that were announced suspiciously close to the free agency period opening league-wide. I mean, look, tampering in the NBA landscape happens in some form or fashion on almost every deal, whether it be teams, agents, or even fellow players reaching out to free agents to try to lock down a deal prior to the actual transfer window opening up. But I mean... Come on, guys. What do you have to gain by leaking the news of something that's clearly against the rules? I mean, you can't just have all the paperwork ready and then go on like a nice long lunch before you announce the news or something so you could at least have plausible deniability. I mean, I just don't understand why a team like the Bulls or the Heat would allow that information to go public less than, oh, five minutes into the free agency period when uh, it doesn't take a genius to piece together that these deals take much longer than five minutes to come to fruition. So it still remains to be seen what kind of penalty either team could be hit with as a result, and precedent might not even be the best indicator here since the league is trying to ratchet up the intensity of their penalties for tampering to dissuade it from happening again in the future. Just last season, the Bucks were convicted, if you will, of tampering in a deal that would have sent Bogdan Bogdanovich to Milwaukee, and their cooperation with the investigation limited the losses to a fine and the loss of a future second-round pick, which is not all that much. That deal eventually fell through for different reasons altogether, which also lessened the penalty for the Bucks. but I don't think it's all that crazy to think a less cooperative investigation into either the Bulls or the Heat could result in more substantial penalties, maybe up to the point of deals completely being unwound. Now don't get too worked up just yet, that's just my personal speculation, because most league insiders don't think either of these deals will truly fall through, but remember, when it comes to Chicago sports buffoonery, almost nothing's off the table. A somber note here before we wrap up, legendary Blackhawks goalkeeper Tony Esposito passed away early this week at the age of 78 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. The Hall of Famer was a pioneer for the butterfly style of goalkeeping we commonly see today and spent nearly his entire career in Chicago. Despite never winning a Stanley Cup, Tony O took Chicago by storm in his rookie season, setting an NHL record with 15 shutouts in a single season en route to Rookie of the Year honors, the Vezina Trophy for Most Outstanding Goalie, and a spot on the All-Star team. He's one of only seven men to ever have his jersey number retired by the Hawks. Rest in peace, number 35. That'll do it this week for Headlines and Hot Takes, brought to you by Lids.com, the number one destination for hats, gear, and everything that moves you. Enjoy the rest of the show, and I'll catch you all next week. So I just wanted to do a quick follow-up and and, and see, like, the things that were going on behind the scenes and and just check in on, like, you know, the... You know, obviously in Chicago we have a lot of stuff going on, so we just wanted to check in and see how the the, the people that you were helping are doing, and, and how are you doing? Oh my goodness, it has been rough. Um, I think you can simply just look at the news and just see um, where Chicago, you know, is at. What's going on with the violence, the increase, the uptick. Um, the types of violence that we're beginning to see more of, such as carjackings and the such, um, working with the young people in the prison system. Um, summertime is always tough because they want to be outside. They don't want to be inside their cells or, you know, in their uh, cottages or whatever they want to call them. Um, but it's it's. Um, it's it's been challenging to say the least. Uh, I'm a little weary, little tired. Need a vacation. <laughs> Need a little bit of a break from Chicago if I can for a minute. Um, looking forward to a vacation coming up in a couple weeks, but um, that's not going to stop me from pressing and moving forward. Now you had a a thing that's that was set up with uh, a news channel recently and. 
how did, how did that come about? Did somebody reach out to you or did you like just kind of, did they kind of like scour your page or how, how did that, how did that thing transpire? Um, a friend of mine is the producer of Fox News at Night with Shannon Bream. And he was seeing all of the news of what was going on in Chicago. This particular weekend was when the Puerto Rican uh, parade weekend was happening and we lost the lives of Giovanni and Yasmin. And he reached out to me just to see how I was doing. And Shannon kind of wanted somebody from Chicago who does the work um, with young people to just kind of address what's going on and and why are we seeing an increase in the violence? And so I had an opportunity to share a little bit with her and her audience about kind of what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, and uh, which is really that violence is just a symptom of the real problem, right? I think we talked about this the last time that there are underlying issues and violence is the way that those problems and th that anger and that hopelessness is expressed and was able to just kind of talk a little bit with, with her audience about that. That's awesome. And you know, you, you put in a lot of work and you put in a lot of hours and you're dedicated to these, these kids and, and these, these young people. So we just definitely gotta, you know, like shout you out and, and give you the flowers right now because <laughs> a lot of people just, you know, they just kind of walk around and they don't care and they don't, they don't, I don't, they just don't even speak to these kids. It's just, it's right. kind of, it's so crazy to me. I, I see a lot of that. And one of the things that I did when I was um, being interviewed on Fox News uh, was to try to put in a plug that there are a lot of people and a lot of organizations that are doing the work. A lot of times you'll hear, well, people in Chicago aren't doing nothing and they don't care. And I know so many organizations that are doing the work. I would be afraid what Chicago would look like without those organizations doing that and trying to just address that. It's very hard to combat the violence when we don't have the resources that we need to do so. We'll build a $94 million police academy um, but won't send some of that money or any of the other money that can be found into our communities, into these organizations that are trying to do the work. And so I don't want it to be missed that there are organizations busting their butts <laughs> and trying really, really hard to come against this culture of violence that we have in Chicago. Exactly. So I'm going to bring up my special guest, this is my guy, man. We've been we've been rocking for years, and man, I haven't I haven't seen him in like at least man, it's been what about three years maybe, but probably longer. But I just want to bring my boy on, Cornell. How you doing, my friend? Hey, how you doing, David? What's going on, man? Hey, man, I miss you, man, and, and we we appreciate you coming on the show. And I just had a question, man. Like I, with with us, we have like we have teenagers, we have like daughters and things of that nature what, what's your take on like the, the things that are going on in Chicago well definitely I think it's uh Amy touched on it just just the lack of opportunities and even just hearing her say that I think um we just need to do a better job of getting the word out as far as these resources that are available because I don't think a lot of a lot of these young kids or even their parents are even aware of where to go or who, who to yeah. call for help. And, and the last time that we had a conversation, um, we, we talked and it, it's on the podcast. I think when, when people were talking about, well, me and Amy and Frank were talking about mental health. And I think those institutions are just not there anymore. And it's like, it, it's so crazy. Like nobody, like it's, it's so, it's just, it's, I can't even put the words in the context. It's just, I, just, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I just think that once we lost that, it, it, the mental health thing, it, it, it really like, like kind of everything turned left. Well, I could tell you, you know, um, my daughter's 19 and I was reaching out to different organizations, but it was, and maybe I just wasn't asking the right questions, but 
I've personally found it very hard to just find resources or even activities to get her involved with. Um, I did end up volunteering for like a year at Rainbow Push. And they have an excellent, like a, a college bound program, a, a upward bound sort of program, if you will. Just teach them leadership skills. We did that um, every Saturday. I mean, but like outside of that, I, I was really struggling to find stuff. And I only found that just by happen chance. Uh, a friend of mine mentioned it to me. And that is a huge issue is access to those resources, right? And finding yeah. out what's out there and what's available. And um, we do have to do a better job of trying to figure out ways to communicate what's out there because there's, there's plenty out there. It's just a matter of finding and connecting people with those resources. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a little feedback on what you've been up to, man. I haven't seen you in years, man. I miss you and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that you're here and I appreciate you again, taking time out along with Amy um, just to be on the podcast. So man, what you got going on, bro? Well, actually, you know, I, I, planning for a vacation myself right about now. I'm, I'm packing as we speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been finishing up school myself, working towards my um, associates in network engineering and cybersecurity. And Amy was talking before you jumped on. I, I totally you know, IT and things of that nature. And, you know, you have a, a, a well, a, a background of, of that stuff. So, I mean, how, because I'm not computer savvy at all. So is it is it like tough for you? Or is it like, how, how is that? I mean, I love it personally. You know, it's something that I could do all day long. It's it's just like, um, you know, we often, at least where I work, we often compare it to being a physician. You know, you're all under the umbrella of a, a physician, but within that field, you have different specialties. And IT is the same way. I mean, everything is often lumped into IT, but you could be, there's different levels. You know, you could be a tech, you could be an engineer, a systems engineer. I mean, it just depends on what you want to do with it. You can program, you can do database work. There's just so many different levels and different career paths that I think a lot of these young kids would love to get into if they had the opportunity. I know for um, a brief moment, at the, the place that I'm working, we for we had a summer program going on where we took kids from, I believe it was Crane. So a school like on the west side, right off 290. And we we took mm -hmm. them in for summer and we kind of taught them certain skills and a lot of them qualified for uh, EMR training program. So once they graduated, they would always already graduate with certifications and they would be able to get jobs making upwards of, you know, $60,000 coming out of high school. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Amy, are you doing any work with um, like schools, like on, on this side of the city or like where, where, what's your primary location or you just, are you just kind of just filtering in calls and, and, and emails and things of that nature when you get them? Right, yeah, and my primary location right now are the juvenile prison system, mostly in St. Charles. Um, my organization works with the juvenile prison system in Chicago as well. Um, so that's mainly where you'll find me and then anywhere where I'm needed or called, I will go. Yes, because you travel a lot. And I'm like, every time I <laughs> try to reach yes. out, like, oh, I'm here. I'm out there. I'm three hours away. I'm like, oh, oh. I was like, okay. Right. Well, <laughs> we'll touch base when you can. But <laughs> it's, just, it's remarkable that you guys do like this great work. And, and you know, we appreciate you guys. And you were mentioning a couple of weeks, like we say you'll uh, be on vacation in a couple of weeks. So where are you headed to, Miss Amy? I'm actually headed to San Diego. Um, gonna have some family out there. It's my niece's birthday, so we're gonna surprise her uh, by showing up at the door. She has no idea that I'm coming, <laughs> and oh, that wow. is gonna, awesome. oh man, she's gonna lose her mind. It's gonna be great. Just spending time with family and spending time on the beach. So very, very needed. San Diego is like super expensive. I heard. 
super expensive, super beautiful, but yes, very expensive. So you went out there for how many? You went for a weekend or a few days? Yeah, for like or... a, for like about a week. Oh, that's oh that's oh that's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm taking I with COVID um, and working remotely. I have earned a lot of vacation days. So looking <laughs> to do really... San Diego, maybe go to Maine this summer and go to Puerto Rico for my birthday in September. So I'm, I'm trying to do some some traveling a little bit here and there. Oh, that's awesome, man. And we know that my, my boy, he got uh, his 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 daughter like has, you know, a couple, you know, conditions that, you know, we want to make sure that she's safe and everything. So and every, everybody good in the family, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not concerned about anything. I mean, we're all vaccinated. You know, we'll take all the necessary precautions. But you know, we're gonna enjoy ourselves. So with the vaccine, did you like have any side effects or anything? Because I know when we were talking to Frank, he had like, you know, he's you know a little tired and a little dehydrated and things of that nature. Did you have the same kind of side effects? You know, it seems to be here to miss because I actually didn't have any issues with the first or the second shot. So I got the Pfizer shot. Um, yeah, but I would add to that, and I don't you know, know how much of a difference this makes. I mean, I was working out at the time. You know, I, I try to kind of stay active. So I really didn't have any side effects, but everybody that I, I personally know that has side effects, they're not very active, you know? And I mean, physically active and their nutrition is kind of off. So I think that definitely uh, plays a role. But um, my daughters, you know, one of them has had the shot already. Actually, one just had it a couple of days ago. She had the first shot, the Pfizer, no issues at all. And then she has to go back for like the follow-up. That's what like, yeah, because you got to take it apart, right? Can't take it together. Uh, Pfizer is a two-shot system, 21 days apart. So she'll be due for her second shot actually after we come back from um, Orlando. So like, how how do they determine like, so let's say for instance, like let's say if you get the shot, right? And you, let's say you get it like, for the sake of just saying, if I got it on Wednesday. So if I, if between Wednesday and, and three weeks later, I can still catch COVID though, right? You could. Um, so the shot does not, guarantee that you wouldn't get it but what it does do is it'll reduce your chance of having severe symptoms i mean most people that get it have a a mild form of it but you never know you know it'll depend on your level of exposure you could be one of those people that have a really adverse reaction to it and end up on the ventilator and that's not good (laughs) obviously that is so weird because I'm like, man, just I just never thought about that. Amy, you have any thoughts about like the shots or anything like that? No, I, you know, I try my best not to participate in that conversation because there are just so many opinions, a lot of judgment around it. So I just, yeah. just, I just don't participate in those conversations. Exactly. I think people just like, just, I mean, they don't even respect the spaces. Like, you know, just talk about it. If you don't like, like I say, if you don't like partaking in those conversations, it's like, you know, don't 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 be like in a in a judgment area. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, just kind of just like let it go and just you know, it, we just want everybody to be safe no matter what what the right. Yeah, it's it's, been, it's going on what eighteen months or something like that, sixteen months. Wow, we're almost at the two year mark with it. Are we? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy, and it's like man, it's just like it's, it's so. I think COVID took everybody out of the element. I, and I think a lot of us have PTSD from, <laughs> from the whole COVID and the isolation and all of those different kind of things, just trying to figure out life again. Exactly. Yep. So it's just like, man, it's so crazy. And, you know, we, we actually had a lot, you know, going on before that with all the things that we talked about before, Amy, and it's like, you know, that just kind of added to, that just added fuel to the fire. Right. You know, especially with the violence and George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor and. Yeah. And, and the countless Andy. others, right? Yes. And yeah. then the thing in Chicago that's going on is like, 
you know, man, it's like we had we had a we had a rough go at it, and we just trying to make it through. So it's it's, it's unbelievable how how things work. So I just want to uh, touch base again with you, Cornell, real quick before we get you out of here, man. Just uh, appreciate you and uh, man. Any any comments, anything concerns, or anything you want to bring up? No, I just I mean I I love what um, Amy's doing. I just we just need a way to get the message out to more people. You know, I mean, I told everybody I knew about that, the program that uh, Rainbow Push was offering, and I loved it. I mean, I did the program with my daughter. We did that for about two months. It was every Saturday for about an hour and a half. You know, they just had different leadership classes and various classes on financial aid, just how to apply for colleges. Uh, they had classes on, you know, grants, student loans, just the whole, you know, the whole gambit. Um, and it culminated with them visiting seven different HBCUs. So, I mean, I just think we need to do a better job of getting the word out to to kids and their parents. Exactly, and I, and, and Amy's like she's like the she definitely pushes it out. I see it all the time, and I think just you know we just need to keep that message going, the positivity, and yes. and, and people just respecting one another and, and take care of these these young kids and. My family. So, uh, Amy, any like special projects you got coming up before you head to vacation? No, not really. Um, just some things with the guys in St. Charles and um, continuing restorative justice programming there and doing some special events with them. Um, but I'm just trying to wrap everything up before I take a break because I am not checking emails. I'm not going to do any of that when I'm on vacation, <laughs> which is very hard. It's very hard to disconnect, but I'm going to do my very best to to disconnect when when I take a break. Uh, that's awesome, man. We appreciate you guys for coming on. And Cornell, man, thanks again, man. We appreciate you and thank everyone out here for doing the Mistaken Identity podcast and, and listening and supporting us. We ask you guys to please just, you know, continue to support us. And, and again, the membership is only three bucks for the minimum. You know, you can, that's like literally a cup of coffee. I say it all the time. You go to Starbucks, you spend that in five seconds. So, you know, just continue to support us. We thank you guys and, you know, we appreciate you. Hey everybody, Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.